create a new banner. This is a jump dock alert. This is Fox News personality Lauren Ingram on her show, The Ingram Angle. This is four time NBA champion LeBron James joining candidate Hillary Clinton on her 2016 campaign before she lost the election to the 45th president, Donald Trump. Here's Ingram again. And this time it's R rated. Here's his barely intelligible, not to mention ungrammatical take on President Trump and a new ESPN podcast. She's referring to the Rolling with the Champion podcast, where James shared the sentiment. The number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a f about the people. Ingram went on to mock the pro athlete for having a political stance that is different from hers. She mocked not just James, but fellow NBA superstar Kevin Durant and ESPN host Carrie Champion on their position on the 45th president. She also claims that Trump's racist claims aren't really racist. Durant had this to say in the interview. I feel like our team as a, as a country is not ran by a great coach. It's not even a surprise when he says something. It's not even surprising. It's like laughable. It's like it's that's laughable, bad. It's laughable and it's scary. It, but it's also scary right, because right. I shouldn't be numb to your racist Right, right. I shouldn't be numb to your behavior. This was both James and Champion talking about Trump's actions. Ingram went on to claim that these sentiments are wrong and don't exist. I'm numb to this commentary like... Must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And this is what happens when you ignore the feelings of other people that may differ in opinion from you. Ingram said they shouldn't be validated or have a stance on politics because they get paid millions of dollars to bounce a ball. She ended her show like this. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Here is Ingram's most famous line that made headlines. Or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. My name is Noah Huff. I'm a student at Grandview University in Des Moines, Iowa. And this is a clean slate podcast that allows athletes, coaches, and others to talk about their feelings on current events in sports like burnout, societal pressure, and mental health. On the first installment of this podcast, I want to focus on the dehumanization of athletes and how this impacts their mental health. Now, you may be wondering, what is dehumanization? It is that we tend to look at other human beings and say that they're less than human. And if you look at the history of the world with slavery and colonialization uh, and mistreatment of other groups, it's very clear that humans can dehumanize each other. This is Professor of Humanities at Grandview, Steve Snyder. I asked him to discuss the two quotes he uses in his Citizens of the Globe class, and this is what follows. But, on one quote is a quote by Sigmund Freud from Civilization and, and, and its Discontents, in which he says, you know, if you really look at human beings, um, 
they're predatory. They prey on one another. They exploit each other. They abuse one another. They enslave and occasionally exterminate one another. And Freud says, if you look at history, if you look at the record of history, you cannot deny that he, the phrase he uses, man is wolf to man. So that's one quote, a sort of view of human nature, which is kind of dark. The next quote is a more optimistic approach. On the other side is a quote from a Scottish philosopher, David Hume. And David Hume uh, basically says, the remarkable thing about human beings, the truly remarkable thing, is that they have a capacity to talk to one another and by doing so develop empathy uh, for one another. Uh, and no other creatures really seem to have this facility for communication and developing empathy. And he says, that's just really unusual. Snyder talks about a framework that can help us see an us and them scenario. You can either choose to be an optimist or you can choose to be a pessimist. When it comes to humanity, I then asked Professor Snyder, how can we apply this to sports? We're empathetic to people who we know and communicate with, and that's the real key. The communication, the exchange of ideas, the humanizing of one another turns out to be the best antidote to dehumanization. So when you think about sports, sports can be very tribal, right? We just finished this Super Bowl and we had Eagles fans and Kansas City fans and, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to have those choose-up sides and, and compete against each other. Yes. We tend to have an us-and-them approach when it comes to sports. Where do we see that part fade? But at the end of the game, the players shake hands, or they're supposed to, and they're good sports, and they, they, uh, they mend their differences. They, they put it all on the field. So sports, um, in many ways, is a kind of uh, expression of our tribal identities. Now, I want you, the listener, to think of your favorite sports team of all time. Imagine meeting someone who is a fan of your team's rival. For me, I am a fan of the Minnesota Vikings, and I do not have a great sentiment towards the fans of the Green Bay Packers. Is there a way we can normalize the fact that athletes like LeBron James and Kevin Durant are in fact normal human beings such as you, the listener of this episode? And can we explain why the dehumanization of athletes is a prevalent issue? Social media is a big part of this. This is Grandview University professor Mark Slavich, who has studied in sport consumer behavior at LSU, which is one of the most prestigious schools when it comes to college athletics. The negative is the fact that we, it is an online space, and so where you have people, we have fans where they will engage with athletes, if not face, you know, if not directly via the online space, they'll go on and post all kinds of negative comments. This fact of anonymity, where people are not communicating to the athlete face to face, has led to a more hostile environment that allows people to mock athletes without them even knowing who they are. The fact is, athletes are human, and yes, you have to have a th thick skin when dealing with the public eye as a high-level profile celebrity. But also, as much as they try to not let these comments impact them, it can still have an effect on their mental health. In a later episode, we will just focus on mental health. Regards of the interaction between athletes and comments by fans, this can be a serious issue.
people have such a high standard for professional athletes that does not allow room for error as when they watch them on TV. They might think that they are not human with the level they play at and expect them to never fail. The truth is, they are human. And that means we cannot be 100% perfect all the time. Now, how do we humanize athletes? The answer may be simpler than we think it is. Connection. That is right. One word. The connection Dr. Slavich is talking about is not an online connection, but rather a face-to-face -face connection that allows people to not just see someone as a part of a group, but to see them as an individual. This is a concept known as the contact hypothesis. Now I know, if you are probably listening to this, you may not expect to hear the word hypothesis in a sports-based podcast, but this is a clean slate. I'm going to blend many facets of life into one. So for those unfamiliar with the contact hypothesis, it is saying that the exposure you have face-to-face -face with an individual can help you see them as a person rather than part of a group, which will make it harder to dehumanize them. Earlier, we were talking about basketball superstars. I've been playing basketball since I could remember. This is first-year GVU student Ben Montag from East Dubuque, Illinois. He is on the varsity roster, but it is hard for first-years to see playing time on the varsity squad. Just because he doesn't see any varsity playing time as of now, doesn't mean he, he is less valuable or not putting in the work and the effort as other players on the team. Like I thought I should be hearing from more people than I was hearing from. And then once I got hurt, I was like, all right, like I don't really know if I want to do this anymore. During his senior year of high school, Montag had fractured his left foot after a bad landing while he was dunking at an open gym practice. He wasn't sure if he would be able to play in college, but after some encouragement from his parents and his coach, he was able to. I asked him what kind of view he has seen in social media when it comes to athletes, and he had this to say. I mean, I feel like for me personally, I'm not affected near as much as some athletes are by it because I'm a small school athlete, smaller school, we don't get as much viewers, stuff like that. But like in the University of Iowa basketball situation with like Patrick McCaffrey, like if you were on Twitter at that time, this guy's just trying to do what's best for him and his mental health. And if any other college student had to take off a week of classes or two weeks of classes to get their mind right and be able to go back into school, it'd be fine. They might have a couple of people say something. But because this guy is trying to work on his mental health and be the best that he can be and needs to take some time off the game and just seeing, like, what people were, like, saying about it on Twitter, like, calling him weak and everything, like, it was just kind of irritating because he didn't really get, like, the luxury that a lot of people get by, like, just being able to go at his own pace because he is a celebrity, basically. Patrick McCaffrey is a starting junior on the University of Iowa men's basketball team. He recently returned from a small hiatus to deal with mental health and personal issues. On social media, such as Twitter, fans were telling McCaffrey to suck it up and were acting like he should have not taken a break when in reality, that is exactly why he was taking a break. I want to wrap this up by circling back to the comments Ingram made. Ingram is also like you and me. Even if she may have a platform, my argument is not political, as that has nothing to do with this podcast. 
Ingram was saying that since these men skipped high school, make tons of money to play a game, and have never ran for office, that they should not be talking about these issues. The reality of the subject is that they are not stupid. Intelligence is just subjective, and these athletes have a right to express how they feel on certain subjects, just as the Fox News host has the right as well. Thank you for listening to the inaugural episode of this podcast, and thank you to my guests who decided to be on the show. That's all for now. Until the next episode, this is Noah Huff, signing off. Thank you.